Hey everybody, this is Brent Watkinson with Everyday Artist. Today I'm speaking with Amber Lee from Dear You Tattoo, located in the Kansas City Metroplex area. And as a matter of fact, she is located on a very busy street in a high traffic area. And we were sitting in her front lounge of the studio. So you're going to hear some traffic noise. And that's okay because she's in a busy place. You're going to hear some phones ringing because her tattoo shop is very busy. So there are the sounds of business going on around us, which I think is good and exciting. And you may even hear the heating and cooling system coming on to make sure her clients are comfortable. But that's because I'm in her studio and it was a fun, interesting, beautifully appointed place, which we touch on a little bit later in the program. And as always, you can go to brentwatkinson.com, click that podcast icon, and you can see images that will accompany this podcast. So let's go ahead and give a listen to Amber Lee. Let's get into it. We're here in the front lounge of Dear You Tattoo with Amber Lee. And you are the owner, is that correct? I am. So was there a specific time and a day where you had your very first tattoo client and it was all yours, all your responsibility, and you were no longer under the apprenticeship of someone? I don't actually recall what tattoo was my first on my own. I really didn't sever the cord from an apprenticeship until I left the studio that I learned at. And then I felt like I didn't have somebody hovering okay. and they were my clients. What do you remember about that first day in your first shop with your first tattoo artist or your first tattoo client? Being scared, of course. <laughs> you were scared or they um, were scared? <laughs> oh no, uh, most of the time it's pretty good to not tell your client that they're the first or second or 10th. Well, Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the old adage in the theater, never let them see you sweat. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. How long did you study as an apprentice? Two years. Is that normal? Uh, it depends on the state that you learn in, but Kansas is pretty standard. Uh, it takes 1,200 hours to complete an apprenticeship. I had no idea. That, mm -hmm. that sounds like a, a lot. Sounds like a good number, though. It's pretty extensive in Kansas, but uh, I feel like it sets the standard higher. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been a, a painter and an illustrator all my life and a musician, and I count on mistakes. I like mistakes. I want to make mistakes because I think there's lots of creative things that come from that. I don't think you can count on mistakes as a tattoo artist. How do you deal with that in your mind? Um... All right, so I would say that with any medium and any practice, you already said it, you're gonna have mistakes. Um, it is best to just, again, not let them see you sweat. <laughs> if you make a mistake, it should always be a calculated mistake, even if it is little. Um, it's pretty easy to conceal if it happens. See, I didn't know that. I'm I'm glad to hear that. That's actually very interesting to me because I didn't know there was any 
room for um, correction or you know mistakes or you know obviously no erasures that's for sure that is true yeah yeah um, so how long have you had your own shop uh, we opened uh, April 1st 2017 so not okay. too long a year and a half mm-hmm. from the time we're doing this recording yeah uh, did you study tattoo history a little bit part okay. of it was included in my apprenticeship okay yeah but not much like 12 hours or something like that but most of it's just because you're interested yeah, yeah. well that makes sense mm-hmm. and I like your phone because this is a busy tattoo shop that doesn't bother me at all I mean we're sitting right on a main highway mm-hmm. and you know with cars going by and this is an active place and I was in here the other day and you were actually doing a Mm-hmm. a tattoo and and uh, you had two other people in here so yeah uh, it's like busy busy hustle hustle and bustle it's been good yeah so go through a little bit we've touched on it the the process of becoming a tattoo artist let's say man I, I'm so hot to do this I got to start today what do I do swallow your pride a little bit and that's <laughs> not gonna happen uh, a lot of people don't understand uh, where to to begin and I get asked that quite a bit Uh, I would feel like if I was going to tell somebody that came to me and said hey I want to be a tattoo artist how do I start Um, in Kansas um, the Board of Cosmetology governs us so the Board of Cosmetology has a record of all the trainers in the state and then you can simply go on there and find a trainer and then you would contact that trainer and maybe see if they still had an opening but you need to have a portfolio. And I don't mean of tattoos, artwork, paintings, pictures, whatever it might be, drawing, sketches, and then go in person because we don't like getting phone calls about apprenticeships Ah, or emails about apprenticeships. Uh, This day and age, it's very easy to leave everything up to a digital, you know, just reach out and click like something yelp google whatever it might be and tattooing is one of the like last industries where we have to talk to people we have to see people we have to be in close proximity you can't just pawn it off on digital stuff so we appreciate like human face you know contact yeah so you need somebody to walk in your door and say this is what I want to do. And that yeah. takes some guts too, I think. Oh, absolutely. For somebody but to walk in. I don't know any meek tattooers either. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's a good, uh, a good thought. I didn't really uh, think about that either. So why tattooing for you? Um, uh, it was actually chance for me. Okay. Um, I do know a lot of tattooers that sought it out. Like you're asking, how do you get started? A lot of tattooers that I know actively sought. They were artists forever. They wanted to be a tattoo artist. I was not. I was not an artist. Um, I hung out at a tattoo shop and collected. I've always admired it. Collected? Uh-huh. I get pieces from okay. other artists. Okay. You know, I like their art. I like the way they tattoo. And I would find somebody and get a piece from them. I worked at a shop as like a front person, a shop hand, if you will. There's worse names for it than that, but I won't go there. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, you answer the phone, clean, make sure the shop's ready to open, make sure he needs everything he needs before he, you know, does a tattoo. And uh, after four years of that, he asked me why I hadn't asked him. And I was like, asked for what? And he said, to learn to tattoo. And I said, I can't draw a stick figure. He said, that's not true. You do just fine. 
but um, he made me a tattooer because the way that I act with people, not because of my ability. Okay, so you kind of came from it from the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was a client for a decade before I was a tattooer. So you have a lot of tattoos. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the viewers can't see you, but you're wearing long sleeve shirts mm-hmm. with a with kind of a boat neck and leggings. So mm-hmm. all I can really see is your face and hands. But mm-hmm. you're saying well, you got plenty of tattoos. So okay. yeah, I I started um, I started with my legs regardless of how you view it it's body modification so if you don't like something about yourself modify it i don't like the way that my legs look so that was one of the things that i hit first so my legs are pretty extensively covered and then uh i didn't go to my arms until i knew i was going to be a tattooer for sure i did have two pieces on my arms but i stopped just because i didn't know what i was going to do try to be responsible you really intrigued me when you said that if you don't like something about your body, modify it. Mm-hmm. That's an incredible statement. I'd never thought of it in those terms. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do body modifications as well as tattooing? I consider tattooing the biggest body modification. Okay. But no, I don't do implants, stretching, piercing, anything like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, why do you think and I'm maybe jumping to conclusions here. At one point, tattoo was, with all due respect, I think it was a subculture. Now it's mainstream pop culture all the way. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was, uh, to me, it didn't look like a gentle progression. It just seems mm-hmm. like all of a sudden, boom, there it was. Television. What re- oh, <laughs> I was going to say, what are your thoughts? And mm-hmm. you're saying one word. Television, 100%. It was very taboo. When I was 19, I got two pieces on the inside of my forearms. Um, I had two pieces prior to that. I got tattooed. Okay, so I'll just put this out there. I got tattooed every single month. My 18th birthday to my 19th birthday, I got one tattoo every month. I got a second job to pay for (laughs) tattoos. Um, But nobody could see them. They were all hidden. So after my... I think my second one, I jumped straight to my arms and I was there for, I feel like a therapy tattoo and I'll explain that in a moment. Okay. Um, but, uh, a lot of the time if I have a client come in that is angry, emotional, needy, I will typically book them an appointment out a little farther away. So they have time to calm out and process what they're dealing with. Um, what brought them to the door just because it makes you make impulsive decisions. And it's not that I ever regret putting a piece on somebody, but that tattoo that was put on when you were in that moment, you're going to think about it every single time that you look at it. And that's what those pieces were. They went from being two pieces, like two little, do you know what a cartouche is? Yes, yeah, okay, an Egyptian so, cartouche, which is usually a name or a symbol. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, mine had, I had decided that they would be a reflection of my childhood. I wanted to get the words angry one because I was 18 <laughs> and it was cool. But uh, he talked me out of getting it in English and I was really drawn to Egyptian mythology. So he talked me into doing cartouches and there were supposed to be two about the size of maybe a finger mm-hmm. across my wrist. And I came in and I was angry. I had had a fight with 
my ex-boyfriend's mother. I'm stupid. I don't even remember what it was. <laughs> but you said the magic word. You were 18. I was so, 18 yeah. and I was angry and we had already decided on it. And then he told me that the detail was too small and that I should make them bigger. And I said, make them as big as you want. And so he did. And they were my entire inside of my forearm. And for months, if I was in public, now I'm back full circle to the taboo part, people would see a young woman with forearm tattoos and accused me of being a lesbian or <laughs> a, you know, butch or tough or a wannabe or whatever. It was just not, unless you were a biker, a biker's lady, or uh, obviously a, a butch woman, you didn't get your forearms tattooed. And so it was so crazy to me at like in the year 2000 that that was still so shocking you know was it that it was a tattoo or the placement it was of the, the placement a lot of women weren't getting big standalone pieces on their arms okay. and you would find i mean uh, if you've been a part of the art world for 30 plus years now you've seen people with tattoos it's just like maybe they had a little wrist tattoo or a lower back tattoo or an ankle something like that and uh for me to just go well, there it is. People were like, oh, whoa, I don't know. But um, yeah, it was like a, a light switch. I want to say maybe 2012 or 14, maybe even. It was like, I don't even know the name of the shows, but like Miami Inc. And oh, the one sure. with um, Kat Von D. Um, people were like, it's so approachable and I can just walk in and get a portrait. And it set this... Uh, oh gosh it's it's been great but also like really hard to tell people that you can't just walk in and get a big piece in an hour because you saw it on tv yeah you touched on something that i will ask you to elaborate mm -hmm. um what is it is there a stigma or is it a plus or a minus to be a woman in the tattoo industry or is it all you know, uh, puppy dogs and unicorns and everything's fine and, and men and women can coexist in this industry? Um, I feel like those are three very different things. So financially speaking, it is beneficial to be a woman tattooer. To give you some numbers, my client base is mine specifically, 83% mm -hmm. women. Wow. Okay. Um, as a whole in the studio, even with a male tattooer, our demographic is 73% female. And obviously um, it's important enough that you're keeping track. Uh, I'll be honest. Instagram keeps track of the page for okay. me and, okay. and it does break it down. Um, age demographic. Um, and if people identify as female or male, cause that doesn't even count, um, the queer community. A lot of them don't even don't have, identify. Mm -hmm. so, and I do. I tattoo. I ask for a preferred pronoun on my paperwork. You touched on that earlier. What do I? <laughs> I, I did. I asked for that <laughs> on paperwork, um, just because um, I'm sensitive to that lifestyle. I feel like it shouldn't be any different than anybody else. But a lot of tattooers still think that that's really icky, and they don't want to deal with it. And hmm. I think it's real stupid. Well, kids, it's 2018. Mm -hmm. so. Time to grow up, so. guys. <laughs> it's tough. A good way um, to put that. Uh, yeah, so um, 
to, to elaborate more on the second reason that being a woman is different in this industry. Um, there's a lot of macho guys that have been in the business for 20 plus years. I think that women don't have any place in it. Um, a lot of men have let that go. Um, but they still feel very competitive with female tattooers. Um, I feel like I'm kind of the middle of the road. I do clean work, but I don't do the best work of, you know, I don't do portraits and I don't do hyper realism or anything, but what I do, I'm good at and other tattooers usually compliment that type of stuff, but you know, um, so yeah, but, um, and then you have to be weary of clients too. You know, you can have three men come in at the end of the night that think they're going to roll you and mm. steal what you made for the night. Hasn't happened to me, but I have been present in a studio when it happened before. Oh, no kidding. Mm -hmm. Well, that's scary in any business mm -hmm. or it's any situation. It's scary with three big men around you, let oh. alone by yourself. Well, yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. Going back to you walking in to get your cartouche tattoos mm -hmm. on your arms, uh, that leads me to ask the question, when somebody walks in your door, can you just almost tell by looking at them or maybe a brief conversation to find out if they have a tattoo plan or if they're just in here randomly because they've got a couple hundred dollars yeah. or how, how does that work? Um, so we spend so much time with people. I joke that we're the therapist of the art world. I would totally agree with that. Mm -hmm. People spend a lot of time in our chairs and they tell us things that they probably wouldn't tell any of their closest friends just because they may or may not see us again. Um, I can tell when a woman comes in and she's been going through something, sometimes just by her demeanor, sometimes by what she's asking for. Let's say I have a woman walk through the door that's maybe mid-40s that's asking for a butterfly or a moth or big floral piece. Um, a lot of it's uh, reclaiming body autonomy. They've, what do you mean by that? They've been in a relationship where they didn't feel in control of the situation and they've severed that tie and they're ready to mark that it's changed. Butterflies are also indicative of change. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever done any work on uh, breast surgery patients? Mm -hmm. I have a client that I've been working on. It's uh, She's had a... a breast cancer twice mm -hmm. she's had reconstructive surgery and then the second time uh, after she had the reconstructive surgery they had to go back in an implant remove it to get the cancer and then put it back together um, rather than have them removed completely she redid her implant so she's got some pretty considerable scarring okay um, I designed a piece to mask the scars rather than cover the breast completely I've done that, um, but I haven't done like nipple reconstruction or anything like that. Okay, uh, probably in your future. Who knows? Maybe I mean, there's there's a lot <laughs> a lot of that mm -hmm. um, going on now for sure. If I didn't know you were a tattoo artist, mm -hmm. what do your tattoos on your body say about you? There's no one story or anything like that. Most of the time, when I first started getting tattooed. I wanted people to see that I was fierce and intimidating and mean as hell. And Were you mean as hell? When I was, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was. Um, but I had a lot of anger and now I'm 36 and I've kind of <laughs> worked through that. But I feel like that uh, television movement made it to where it's not scary anymore. 
which is why you see kids with their faces tattooed and their hands tattooed a lot more than you have ever because it's not scary enough to have sleeves anymore. Uh-huh. You have to have a big old cross on your face or unbreakable on your eyebrow or <laughs> I you know just whatever. It's just not extreme enough anymore so they've been, you know, one upping, one upping. Uh, it's kind of fizzled out recently, but the gauged ears were huge in the early 2000s, maybe even up to like 2012. It was huge to just get as big as you could in your ears. And now a lot of those, especially tattooers that were modified to that extreme, have since gone in and had surgery done um, where they actually remove a section of lobe and stitch them closed just because... A lot of those people don't see eye to eye with the kids that were doing it. I later. recently uh, talked to a young man. We'll say he was early 30s, I think. Mm -hmm. And he had very small gauges in his ears. Mm -hmm. And I said, hey, those are interesting because they were just weren't the plain old ordinary generic gauges. They, they, they were filled in and they had a like a Celtic cross in them or something. Okay. I said, hey, those are really interesting. What's your, what's your plan for the gauges? Where, where are you going with that? And he said, oh, I'm, I'm going smaller. I'm closing them up because mm -hmm. I have kids now. <laughs> so those two statements might be separate. He has kids and he mm -hmm. doesn't want his kids to do it or he just wanted to close them up. I don't know. But you've just kind of confirmed the idea that sometimes mm -hmm. people are, they'll get a body mod and then they'll back off mm -hmm. for whatever reasons, a thousand reasons. Uh, yeah, I mean, like a big one that I already touched on was how I wanted to portray myself when I was a late teen and 20s to now. I'm not, I don't need people to be scared of me anymore. I don't need that wall, you know. I just am who I am and I've let go of that stuff. But the same goes for any culture. You might be a rockabilly guy or a death metal guy and then in 10 years you're like ah, I don't even know why I did that like what made me like that you know so piercings are often a lot easier to reverse um, than tattoos I've never gotten anything on me that was like I really like this band right now or um, you know it, it comes in cycles but the tribal like arm mm -hmm. things yes. and stuff those come in and out but those scream this is the period that I got those. This is who I was in that year. And the only way to get rid of that to where people will see it and that stigma is attached is covered up, which is huge right now. You can't piercings. You just take them out. Tattoos, you have to cover them up or laser and laser doesn't usually get rid of them all the way. And you mentioned something uh, that I had never even considered before. And that is... Uh, if something, I think you said the word timeless because I see a lot of tattoos and I don't even think that's timeless. I just think, wow, that's beautiful. And I, I would not say the word generic. I'll replace it with the word timeless. And then I see other tattoos and I'm like, okay, they really liked poison when mm -hmm. they were in college. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's, <laughs> and that's okay. Maybe they still do. Yeah. Um, so I feel like a lot of my my pieces in particular, none of them are directly like a band or a, a color or a trend or something like that. Tattoos themselves are a trend, 
I mean, they come and go with popularity, but um, even since I've been tattooing, the demographic has changed. When I first started... What direction? Male, female, female. younger, older? Heavily so, female. Okay. Um, which women have been, throughout history, women have wanted to get modified. Ear piercings, hair extensions, nails, anything Even like that. Even back to the ancient Chinese, binding the feet. Uh-huh. All of that stuff. And it, and it was always, um, like Egyptians, for instance, were tattooed pretty extensively as a sign of royalty or status. Um, Egyptian women mm -hmm. were pretty heavily tattooed, even in like ice mummies and stuff like that. The women were predominantly tattooed. And sometimes it's a sad story. Sometimes they were tattooed to mark where they came from, who they belong to, you know, so that in a whole has changed because I feel like a lot of women get tattooed to prove that they don't belong to somebody. That's a good theory. Good statement. Uh, you know, and it's just one of those things that you like see, mm -hmm. you know. Have you ever had a client walk in that I will call them a lost client? They don't have reference. They don't have a clear idea of what they want or where they want it. And have you had that situation? Every day. Oh, every day. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you deal with that? How do you counsel them? Um, it's easier this day and age because everybody has a phone. Everybody has a Pinterest or a Facebook or screenshotted stuff. Even if the tattoo wasn't for them, it's not, I, I have yet to have it happen. Somebody will come in, hey, I would really like to get a tattoo, but I'm not sure what to get. I don't know where to start. And I'll say, that's great. What are you thinking? Are you thinking you want it, you know, somewhere people can see it? Do you want to hide it? You know, we'll start there. Sure. And then they'll say, well, I have some pictures. And I'll say, even if it's not, a tattoo that you like in particular, maybe like the placement and then the, and then they whip it out and they've got hundreds of pictures of screenshots <laughs> on their phone and we'll look at those and, and we'll start there. And if they don't have any tattoos, I'll usually try and find something that can be done in less time. That way you can kind of monitor a pain tolerance. Oh yeah. That's something that I hadn't even thought about. Um, are there, places just generically on the human body that are more painful or less mm -hmm. or does it vary person to person uh both it varies person to person for sure um women typically i guess is the word i want to use have a higher pain tolerance just because what we're built for different skin types have different pain thresholds um, somebody, Meaning fair skin or dark skin? Uh -huh. or, really? Yeah, typically olive-complected people heal tattoos faster, get tattooed better. Fair-skinned people are usually dry types, so um, it feels a little more intense, a little more focused, hot, kind of a cut, cutting sensation. Okay. Um, whereas like an olive-toned person uh, seems to report that they're more dull feeling. And so if you see a, uh, a a woman from Italy walk in here with that beautiful olive skin, she, that, she gave, that's going to be better than mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. Irish waif with <laughs> alabaster white skin Absolutely. that all artists love to And they paint. do look great. They do look great once once they're done. But yeah, the, the different types of skin. Um, and then to answer your question about where on the body they hurt more, mm -hmm. generically speaking, anywhere that's protecting important body parts is going to hurt worse um that's not 
always true. I mean, in history, if we were hunters and gatherers, we wanted to keep our arms and our hands intact so we could collect or hunt. Arms typically do not hurt very bad or badly, I guess, but, but hands are pretty intense. Fingers hurt pretty badly for a different reason. There's not enough of the tissue to actually stick a tattoo in on your fingers. Okay, so toes. it's close to the bone. The skin that's close to the bone is going to be more painful, maybe? I would say it's because of the lack of subcutaneous layer. Okay. Yeah, there's just not enough fat. But ribs, torso, lower back, kidneys, liver, lungs, all of that stuff's going to hurt. Okay. Well, that's pretty much uh, everything on me. So <laughs> I think it's going to hurt. Like, I um, need all of this. But I think um, I, I talked to a young woman years ago about some of her body modifications. And I said, okay, well, what do you remember about the level of pain that you experienced? And she just looked at me and she goes, well, pain is a stimulant. And I'm like, good for her. Okay. So she wasn't afraid of that. Mm -hmm. That was, I think she uh, pursued that because she thought it was interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was something about the pain that made her more proud when, when the piece was done. Just like, look what I did. I went through it. Mm -hmm. So there. I I would find that that's pretty similar to like marathon runners. It doesn't feel good to run that marathon. You're sore. You hurt. You tear stuff. You're just burning. But afterwards, it's that sense of accomplishment. You know, you've worked through it, which tattoos for sure hold that same thing. Um, I feel like when you're tattooed as extensively as I am, Mm -hmm. that fight or flight, you don't get that adrenaline response anymore. Your body's kind of like... Mm, you're on your own now so I don't <laughs> kind of like been there done that whatever yeah I don't get to enjoy any of that adrenaline response anymore <laughs> is there a written or unwritten code of ethics with tattoo artists can you elaborate darn I knew you were going to make me elaborate client uh, or yeah, yeah client based like if somebody comes in and well take yourself as, as an example uh, you were an angry 18-year-old and you wanted to get these tattoos to, you know, flip off the world or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you told me a little bit of a story about that a, a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you can't deal with somebody that you think is high or drunk or whatever. I mean, that that's pretty obvious. Are there other subtle subtleties when clients come in? This is so vague. No. Um, Okay. So I think I can take it from there. First, I'm going to say that the reason that I own my own studio is because my ethics and my moral compass is much different than a lot of tattooers. I, as a rule of thumb, do not give my money to any tattooer that does not treat me like an equal. A lot of tattooers have an ego and they use that ego to whatever extent or whatever gain they may need that. And it's uh, discouraging, especially as a tattooer now instead of a client, but especially as a client. Um, Coming into a studio emotional, crying, having somebody speak for you. um, Oh, good point. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Which that is another piece on my paperwork, which I'll talk about in a minute. Uh But... um, Not speaking for yourself, um, being twitchy, being flighty, changing ideas several times, seeming like you're under the influence, 
anything like that, I'm going to find a way to make you take a moment to think about the tattoo a little more in depth. Uh, it helps these days that I do not typically have time to take walk-ins. I usually am, uh, I think right now I'm booking uh, end of November into December, which isn't a huge chunk of time, but for somebody... Yeah, but that's two months out. It is. Um, but somebody at my level, and when I say my level, I mean uh, capabilities, uh, the quality of work that comes out, and I'm by no means like bashing my work. I feel pretty good about what I've been putting out lately. I'm also pretty humble about it. I can I could tell you six artists if you were like I want to get this tattoo I could tell you six people that you should go to before me if it was something out of my realm but so a lot of tattooers you're going to come in I'll get back on track here you're going to come in you're going to be heated I'm going to tell you no I'm going to try and make you make an appointment you may or may not feel good about our conversation and be willing to make that appointment and leave me a deposit. Or you might walk out that door and hit Google Maps and find another tattoo shop. And you are going to find another tattooer that's going to say, 100 bucks, sit down, and they'll just do it. doesn't mean you're going to regret that tattoo. It just means that I don't have to think about it for three days because I do. And that's where I feel like I'm different than the typical tattooer. I am too involved almost to a degree. I care... A little more, you know, than normal, I guess. But well, uh, I'm I'm glad you do. I hope you do. No, it's <laughs> it, and I I've said this to another, you know, I've said this to peers sometimes. Like if you stop caring or you don't care and you just you're after the paycheck, get the hell out of here. We don't need you. It's 2018. People are going to make the decision to get a tattoo. Like they can also make the decision to get tattooed by somebody that gives a crap what their stuff looks like. You know, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm definitely more attentive in that manner and it keeps me busy. Do you get most of your work from word of mouth and referrals or your website? I wouldn't say our website is strong by any means. It's informative, but it doesn't like showcase our work or anything. I would say I, me personally, I'm probably a 60, 40 of word of mouth and Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's always by the end of the tattoo, they know somebody that got tattooed by me or they know somebody that knows somebody that got tattooed by me. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's the way the world used to work. Before Google and Instagram Before Google. And all that. A yeah. lot of people take it too seriously that they can get on Google and look at a review and be like, well, there's 700 reviews that say that this guy's fine. I'm going to go get it instead of just going in and finding out for yourself. I don't give any artist. I still collect. I don't have a ton of room left, but I still have, <laughs> I still have room. I actively collect and I will not give my money to a jerk. Well, hopefully no one will. <laughs> Ho hopefully people will have... And I, when I see people that have interesting tattoos, I'll say, who does your work? Mm -hmm. Where'd you get that ink? And um, they are 99% of the time very proud. They'll say, oh, well, this studio is where I always go. Mm -hmm. And I think that's good. And that's probably what your clients say about you if I were to run into them. I uh, tattoo a lot of collectors as well. Um, people that have tried out a lot of shops mm -hmm. and then just chanced to come in here or came in here on a recommendation and I've had I have clients now that are 
turned into regulars that got tattooed at other big name shops just because of the way they're treated here versus the other shops. They're like, I can get good work from you and you're nice. Like <laughs> I have to wait three months and the guy talks trash to me when I come in the front door at the other shop, you know. I don't get that in any business. I, that just seems intolerable to me, but I'm sure it happens. You would think so. A lot of people think that, um, and this, this thought process started in the 90s, a lot of tattooers were like, we're going to batter you and we're going to talk down to you to make sure you're worth it, make sure you're worthy to wear this because they were trying to eliminate posers ah make sure i'm tough enough to come in here physically and emotionally to wear the tattoo yes to to receive your masterful Mm -hmm. work i i will grace the world with your work okay yeah Hmm. it's it was that kind of mentality and i um i do have things that are off limits like i have things that i won't tattoo like if a kid comes in the door and says he wants to get his hand tattooed and i'm like all right what else what other tattoos do you have well none I'm not going to tattoo his first tattoo on his hand or his neck or his face or his fingers. And a lot of that goes back to, it's not that he needs to earn it. It's that everybody in your life is going to look at that for the rest of your life and say, you're impulsive. You make bad decisions. You're going to regret that later. And it's my job to prevent him from having that happen for the rest of his life. 25, you have two sleeves already. Okay. Yeah, you already have your hands tattooed. I'll tattoo your hands, you know. Yeah. But well, they have already been immersed in that culture for maybe, uh, say, they were eighteen when they started. Mm-hmm. So you know, they've they've got some time that they've already experienced that. Yeah, yeah. It's just, and it is one of those things. Like I was saying, like somebody might like rockabilly, or they might be into metal or something, and then in ten years you're not into it. You know, like jumping straight to a hand. There's not a whole lot of coming back from that. So whether you decided to be in it or not, you're in it. I'll tell you a, a quick story that I think relates to tattooing and, and being a tattoo artist. And being an artist and a photographer for you know all my life, uh, I have photographed lots of nudes, men mm-hmm. and women, and I had a, a really good relationship with one particular model. So I got up the, the nerve to ask her one day, I said, uh, hey, can I cut up a bunch of plaster impregnated gauze like you make a cast for your broken arm that, that I got from a medical supply place? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to wet this and wring it out and then put it on your body. I want to do a body cast from your neck to your mid thigh. And this person said, Yeah, that sounds fun. Good. So we set up the time, and this person put Vaseline all over the body, you know, as a release agent, basically. Mm -hmm. And I started putting this wet plaster gauze on this person. And I just remember feeling, I never touched the flesh or the skin. It was the, the plaster was in between me and the skin, Mm -hmm. but I just thought how amazing it was to touch this human person while I was molding this gauze and this plaster. And I immediately thought, this must be maybe what tattoo artists go through. They, they have this feeling of this living, breathing flesh beneath their tools. Am I over-romanticizing this, or is it more clinical? 
I mean, there was nothing romantic about what I was doing, mm -hmm. but there was, there was, you know, a response uh, of, of dealing with an actual person. To answer your question, yes, you're over-romanticizing it. Okay. In, to touch more on that, my medium is human canvas, skin. I am best on skin. I've never been a painter. I've never done pinstriping extensively or anything like that. I feel like there has to be or there should be some level of detachment or else you can get involved with your client. A lot of people that I tattoo... Not romantically, but no, just in, to... Emotionally. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Thank like, you. it's not uncommon to get emotionally invested in clients. I do have clients that I care about, I guess, that I've worked on a lot. But once you think about it as, like, you're putting your hands on their body, I mean, you definitely have to have some level of, like, your body is in my hands. I need to respect that. I like to treat... I'm, like, right down the middle. Hey... I'm, my machine's going to be running so you can get used to the sound. I'm going to put my elbow across your thigh here and you're going to feel some pressure from my hands. The rubbing that you're feeling is Vaseline. I'm going to smear that on as a barrier and then I'm just going to pull a line. I never think about it. It's almost TSA-like. I'm going to use the back of my hands to touch <laughs> under your breast and the uh -huh. back of your... I like to announce what I'm doing. That way people are comfortable typically men are not going to complain if I'm leaning on them or hovering or I have to set a part of my anatomy on them to get across to a tattoo women however when they're with a woman getting tattooed they don't think about it at all they just get their tattoo and they feel comfortable when they have a man stretching across removing clothing rubbing stuff cleaning things it can be pretty uncomfortable. And a lot of men, I, I shouldn't say a lot of men, some really gross men <laughs> use it as an advantage. Okay. Um, a as, woman, as, a, as a client getting tattooed or the male tattoo artist? The male artist would be using it in their favor because you have the woman in a position to where she's really not able to tell you no or that she doesn't like what you're talking about or why are you pulling her shirt up further than it needs to be but we're in a position of power and we have your body is ours for that time and I, I feel like a lot more people need to respect it and I'm sorry if that's heavy but that's how I feel and that's why my shop the way that it is what oh, do you I, what I do you notice that... aesthetically when you come in here it's beautiful, neat as a pin. There's, it's spotless. Uh, it's open and airy. And my wife would say, oh, it's happy green on the walls. Sure. So would you think twice about coming into a place like this? You just let your wife come by herself and get a tattoo. Be like, oh, she's going to be fine. She's going to be comfortable. I think she would be fine in here. I think anybody would be fine in here. So I've worked at shops before that a group of six women would come just for one of them to get one little oh, tiny wow. tattoo. For protection. Yeah, because it's scary. Skulls everywhere. and like, <laughs> Which, don't get me wrong. That's like, part of the culture. I yeah. like skulls and mm -hmm. I, like, I listen to a lot of metal, you know, but that's not what I wanted people to see when they first came in. I feel like, I feel this 
is more representative of what my home would look like if I could control what my home looked like. But the fact is that I just recently got married and we've got two stepkids and I've got a dog, and I've got, you know? So it's like, this is more of a reflection of what the inside of me looks like. Well, this is your space. It is. And that's like, you commented on the incense earlier. I come in, I burn my stuff, I do my cleaning. It's like, it's my happy place. And a lot of people feel that when they come in. So they don't need to bring six women with them to get a tattoo. They just come and get a tattoo. Well, you not only have access to the entire tattoo market in this area, but because of what you just mentioned, you have, you're actually building a niche market also for a safe place for women to go and at least talk to you or have a conversation about tattoos, mm -hmm. whether they get the work done here or not, I'm mm -hmm. sure you're happy just to help help these people, yeah. guide them, counsel them. Set a standard. Yeah, it sounds you like don't, it. You don't have to have, you don't have to get tattooed by somebody that's not gonna respect you, your choice, your design, or your body, you know? Again, I'll, 2018. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll back up uh, briefly because I, I really enjoyed what you said about working on someone's body and you know how you can uh, respect that or not and as i said i was a photographer of the nude figure for years and years and years and years and of course i always had the friends that were non-artists and they would make little jokes and comments and it was all in fun and that's mm -hmm. fine they had no understanding of how incredibly clinical it was mm -hmm. for me to do that work because i had so much respect for the person willing to do that. And I had so much respect for my own work, you know, ego or not, it's just like, wow, I, I have this end product that I'm trying to achieve. Now, why would I muddy the waters with, you know, all this other crazy stuff that I'm sure happens? Is that the norm? No. So yeah, yeah. We're, we're in agreement there. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, People definitely want to, oh, that's so sexy. Oh, that's sexy. And it's like, <laughs> it's art, it's tattoos, and it's not yours. So that's the biggest things that I... I had a friend of mine um, that was working in the hairstyling industry. And this was a male. And he m mainly did um, coloring of hair. And we were having a conversation similar to you and I one time. And he was married, and uh, I was actually better friends with his wife. I went to college with her. And uh, he said, you know, stylists and massage people and maybe tattoo artists all have this unwritten license to touch. Mm -hmm. And we have to hold that in, in the highest regard and respect for our clients. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Because once you step over that boundary, somebody's just like the word of mouth for being a good person a good artist it's the same you do something bad they're gonna know about it and the tattoo industry especially city to city is incestuous we all know each other if I hear something bad about that guy at that shop like chances are I'm probably gonna talk to one of my colleagues about it and then they're gonna talk to you know it's just and, one of and I things. hope the reverse is true when you hear something really good Mm -hmm. uh, everybody will know about that too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would hope so. I usually, um, like I said, since I'm a collector, I don't hesitate to refer people to other tattoo artists that might be better or 
just like if they're going to spend that money with me, why not spend that same money and get an artist that does exactly the style that you want to, you know, you want to get. So I give referrals and like, oh, I've been tattooed by him. You know, people are like, oh, have you been tattooed by so-and-so? Yeah, I have. Yeah, let me show it to you. And like, here was my experience, you know, and I feel like that just because I'm a tattooer doesn't mean that I can't relate to clients on that respect. So that's pretty cool, I guess. Like being kind of take yourself down to their level and, and then you don't seem so like Well, you're just trying to get the best results for your clients, no matter who or where you have to send them. I want to eliminate house tattooing and crappy tattoos. Like there's so many good tattooers in Kansas City that you could go walk in, make an appointment and get a good, a really good tattoo from. And there's like every style that you would want. Somebody specializes that in that in the city and people are still... I know a guy that does it in his basement for $20. <laughs> like I want to eliminate that. And, and I feel like, um, if people had a higher standard of how they're going to get treated, they wouldn't mind spending the money to get a better one. All right. So I'm the general client that just walks in off the street and I come into your shop and I really don't have a concise plan. How can you counsel me to go the right direction and get the best possible tattoo and result. Be patient. <laughs> Meaning what? Um, so the consultation process is not terribly difficult. I will ask somebody where they think about they want to get a tattoo, if they have a style in mind, if they have a design in mind. Let's say you want to get, you tell me you want a heart with a name. And I'll say, okay, are you thinking more traditional style, anatomical, uh, you know, and maybe I'll give them, you know, and they'll just look at me and go, well, I don't, I don't know. And then that would be where I would say, do you have any pictures that you've saved for reference? Maybe a tattoo or a style that you like. It doesn't even have to be a picture of a tattoo. And that's a, that's another thing. You can bring me a picture of a drawing. You can bring me a sketch. You can bring me the silliest little crayon drawing your kid drew. And I can work with that. Have a starting point or a jumping off point. Um, if you don't know the exact design, be ready to tell me what you're interested in. If you come in and you're like, I want to get a tattoo from here to here. I'd be like, awesome. What do you want to get? I don't know. And I'll be like, <laughs> uh, and I, I might Does just Does that ever say, happen? Do people oh, yeah. come in clueless? Yes, really? Yeah. But subconsciously, they do have an idea. They just don't know it. So they need somebody to start a conversation and start like a line of communication and kind of throw, you know, maybe throw the line out and try and <laughs> snag them, you know, and reel them in a little bit. Um, a lot of people have an idea. They think they sound stupid, so they're scared to talk about it. And so like, I think just having somebody that is like comfortable, confident, and has been in their shoes makes it so much easier. So, okay, you want to get a tattoo from here to here. Do you like snakes? Do you like flowers? Do you like birds? Well, I was thinking I wanted like a hand. Okay, you want a hand. Do you have any pictures? Again, oh yeah, okay, I have a couple. All right, cool, that's more like this style. You know, my coworker does really great black and gray. Or you think, oh no, no, I want it color. 
okay, you want a color. What kind of colors do you like? Do you like muted colors? Do you like natural tones? Do you want it to look more realistic? Uh, I kind of like this. And they'll show me a painting or something. And then we get to the next level. Typically a consultation, if even if somebody doesn't have a direction, it's pretty easy to get to the end game in about five or 10 minutes. Because once you get that like going, they're gonna go, oh yeah, well I like this and I like this. And then I have this one that I got when I was 16 and it's stupid and I wanna cover it up. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so I will take style, budget, placement, all into account when I'm going to make an appointment. I have two other artists that work for me. If they want a big black and gray piece that's a little more on the realism side, I would put them with Trinity because that's what he does. If they want something that's got, it's like a wood cutting style, all black work with like some witchy stuff or something, I'd be like, well, that's all me. So what does your schedule look like? And I'll go ahead and then, you know, I'll have it out and they'll go, is that October? And I'm like, no, that's November. And they're like, oh, are you trying to get something done sooner than that? One of my other artists could get you in sooner. It's not going to be the exact style that you're looking for, though it would be their interpretation of it. And then you see if they're receptive. And then at that point, they've got to decide, do I want to make an appointment and get more of what I want? Or do I want to make an appointment with this person and get it sooner? And I would be good because I'm open to artwork. And that's when they would decide that. And then sometimes if it's something completely different, I'd be like, here's this guy's name and number. You go to this shop. He's the one. It's going to take six months before you get tattooed. And, you know, I, I'm happy to do that legwork. I have made those connections to make it easier for me, my colleagues, my clients, to get better tattoos because it's more important for me to have people not getting staph infections in a basement with crappy tattoos than it is to get tattooed by me. And I'm sure you get referred mm -hmm. from other artists yeah. because they'll say, uh, you know, you better go see Amber Lee. I think she's, she's who you're looking for. Yeah, it happens. It happens sometimes. Yeah. It's always like a huge sign of that. I'm doing something right. If I get a referral from another artist, I've been tattooing. Uh, I found some pictures on Facebook from 2011 where I'm tattooing, mm -hmm. but I'm, I was under my trainer still. Okay. So to go from there to getting referrals from artists that I respected and collected from then is awesome. Oh, I would think so. Yeah. And I think it's a huge like nod, even if they don't say, man, you're killing it for them to send me their client is huge. Oh, I think that's a, a huge, I mean, I was going to say compliment, but it's more than that. It's, yeah. it's way beyond that. Yeah. And I try, I, I treat all of my clients with the same level of respect. But if you send me, if you're trusting me with one of your clients, then I'm going to do the very best job that I can. Yeah. So if you had a couple of sentences to share with maybe people that are wanting to get into the tattoo business, to be a tattoo artist, what's just a couple of things off the top of your head? that you would tell them to make sure that they're on the, the right path to success? Being a tattoo artist is not for everybody. It's fickle. You can be a millionaire one week and a homeless the next. Just because you're putting in time doesn't mean you're making money. And just because you're a good artist on paper doesn't make you a good tattooer. 
Um, I'm going to be looking into training somebody like under me, which I feel like is a little early in my career, but I've been approached a lot for it. You have to be what I want in a person before I can turn you into a tattoo artist. If you want to be a tattooer, don't be a jerk. Don't take people for granted. Don't sexualize or romanticize the process. Just be kind and then you'll be busy forever. But yeah, put put art, be willing to put time in it and not get, you don't see a penny of it for three years probably. So you put all that time in and it may not even be what you think, you know. You could sit around for 12 hours and not make a penny, spend money to sit around. And then the next week you make $1,200 a day. Those Fickle are, those are good, good words. Fickle is a good word. A, I like what you said. Just be a good person. <laughs> yeah. it's Honestly, that should be across the board, not just a tattooer. But we literally have people like in our hands. And I think just respecting that and being a, being a good person pays for itself over and over. Thank you so much. Uh, you have enlightened me beyond belief and I came in here uh, purposefully ignorant about most of this uh, business and and the artwork because I just wanted to ask questions and then let you guide me toward toward the the truth and the reality thank you so much yeah you're welcome thanks for coming <laughs>